All right, welcome to a new episode. Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs as we get into the thick of the NBA offseason. Still, lots going on in terms of the world of the Sixers with Ben Simmons. Of course, recently we had Kendrick Perkins saying that he's not willing to show up to training camp and will sit out however long he it basically takes for him to get out of Philly. Uh, Zach Lowe on his podcast was, was discussing things with, with Stephen A. Smith, basically saying that uh, the Warriors are internally divided on a potential fit for Ben Simmons alongside Draymond Green. Uh, Stephen A. Smith saying that his source is telling him that basically that they're the dubs are divided on him and they don't know if they, if they think he's going to be a long-term fit. And I don't really know if that's a good package for, for the Sixers themselves, because if you're looking at that, yeah, you're going to have to take Andrew Wiggins to make the salaries work, but then you're going to have James Wiseman again. How does he fit next to Joel Embiid Wiseman? Not exactly a floor spacing, big man going to be more effective down on the block. And Embiid, you don't want running around on the on the three-point line, even though he can't shoot from out there. He's going to be a lot better closer to the basket. And so if you're looking at that, I don't, I don't think that's a great fit either. So the rumors are that they're trying to get a third team involved. You're looking at a team like the Sacramento Kings, uh, who will definitely try and, you know, probably make a pa- put together a package to get Simmons. But again, I, you know, we've discussed this before. I think ultimately this right now for the Sixers is about trying to get a guy like Damian Lillard. You know, he's back from the Olympics. Portland didn't really do much of anything this offseason to improve their stance in, in a loaded Western conference. That's pretty top heavy. So I don't really see the Sixers wanting to move for a bunch of futures unless they get a, a third team involved and they, they can get a star. I think at this point, it's going to be Damian Lillard or, or, or bust unless there, you know, something else comes out of the woodwork that that's a surprise. And in this day and age on Twitter, we're not, you know, we're not hearing about any other superstars being available. So again, unless the Sixers come up with a surprise, I think Lillard remains the ultimate target. Now it's going to be an interesting, you know, six, seven weeks here before we get into training camp, which begins September the 28th in Philly. So given the situation that the Sixers are in, I thought it'd be cool to get an agent's perspective on it. So with me today, I'm excited to have on Mr. Lee Steinberg. He, the inspiration for the movie, Jerry Maguire represented some of the greatest NFL players you'll ever see in terms of Troy Aikman, Steve Young, and now currently represents Patrick Mahomes. All right, Mr. Steinberg, looking at the situation going on with, with Ben Simmons in, in Philly now, nothing confirmed, but there's speculation that um, he's willing not to show up to training camp. He's unhappy, not willing to go back to the team, even though he has four years and, and more than $46 million, pardon me, $146 million left on his, on his contract. If you were in this situation as his representation and his agent, how would you approach this going to management in terms of wanting to, to get out of the city and, and, and move away from the organization? So the first key, I think, is to have clarity as to what the values and priorities are of a specific client. So it would be key to draw out what your client's real feelings are towards the situation and what his priorities are. Does he prioritize being a starter, winning, um, the quality of coaching? Uh, Is this a situation that's workable? Because you're generally better off to stay where you are and try to work it out, especially if you've had a career that until this recent bump was a strong one. And so that would be the first key is, so what are your priorities? The second key is the less public pressure 
on a franchise to execute a trade, generally the better. Because part of the problem is that if a player is clear publicly that he's disaffected, that he may not return to the team, it makes it more difficult for the incumbent franchise to execute a decent trade. So generally, this is best work behind the scenes. Players do become disaffected. Uh, franchises do uh, give up at times on players. I'm not saying that's the situation, but the key then is to go behind the scenes and try to see if you could get a team to allow you to broker a trade, to go find another team and to figure it out. Now, obviously, this is a player who signed a long-term contract and has four years left on the contract, and it's a huge one. So cap considerations come into this, trying to find a situation that's able to handle and accommodate the contract. Talent evaluation comes into this. Will this be a situation which is embodies more winning or highlights in a system, uh, a player's skill set so he can do better? But again, by flagging to the world that a player is unhappy, I mean, we saw what happened with Deshaun Watson. And obviously, there were major outside factors to it. But the point was that whether it was him expressing it himself, an agent, or whatever happened with it, it became so clear to people that he wasn't going back to Houston that it almost made it more difficult to, to trade him because the incumbent team needs to have a respectable outcome in terms of what they get back in trade. To justify it, Ben Simmons, major star, signs max contract. I mean, you're talking about someone where the marriage um, was going on quite well until recently. And it was the playoff performance that seemed to, to sour people. So someone has to make a judgment as to whether that was an aberration and uh, he'd return back to his previous status or whether it's um, uh, a situation where they just can't get it together anymore. When you're looking at this, like I said, obviously from being a super successful agent like yourself, when, when you're looking at how to handle this from your client's perspective. Now, you know, Doc Rivers after game seven, the loss to Atlanta, he was kind of non-committal about can Ben Simmons lead be the point guard on a championship team. Joel Embiid, you know, made some comments um, that Simmons might have taken personally. Again, I don't want to say anything that's not confirmed, but when you're looking at that from your perspective and let's just say hypothetically here, um, the Sixers don't have a trade that they can make because it seems like they want to get Damian Lillard. If that's not feasible at this time and Portland's not willing to move them, you can get a lesser package from Golden State for young guys, but again, you're in a championship window here with 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 an MVP candidate in Embiid. If the Sixers can't find an appropriate trade that suits them for their immediate need, you as an agent, what would you tell your client? Like, just be quiet and show up to camp and and do it and deal with it. How would you approach this if there isn't a deal made before training camp, which begins on September 28th? Well, if you have a player who's under contract, the consequences of holding out in that situation can involve fines, they can involve all sorts of disastrous consequences. And the one thing that you don't want a client to do 
is to somehow change the perception that people around the league have and have the consequence be that he's seen as a trouble player or troublemaker, or if he did this to that team, would he do it to ours? And so you, you really would like to handle this as professionally as possible. Again, behind the scenes is always the better way. So what I'd have a player in that situation is say, not much more than I'm under contract here and uh, I'll give it my best and I'll give it my all. I thought that the situation that happened um, last year with the Houston Rockets, um, which uh, led where the players showed up out of shape, didn't want to play. That's something you could have to avoid at all costs because it, it, it changed the way that people felt about the player. And it changes the desirability because someone's going to say, was he just in this one bad situation or is he always going to object? Is he always going to be troubled? Will he be unhappy in our situation? When you're looking at this for the for the short term and the long term, and, and you represented you know players like Steve Young who are you know Hall of Famers, um, you're, you're looking at that and you know dealing with the issues that even with Steve Young had with with the uh, with the 49ers at the time in terms of sitting behind Joe Montana. But you're looking at this for what's best for your individual client. You know, I'm I'm assuming as, as an agent. And when you're when you're looking at this fit now with with Ben Simmons and where he's at in his career, still a very young player, uh, multiple time All Star. Uh, all NBA in, in terms of defense, the defensive team. So he's, he's got these credentials when you're looking at it for him, what would, what are you advising him this summer? Are you saying, Hey, get in the gym and work on your jump shot. So people are going to, you know, you're, you're going to maybe grow your value around the league. Like what would your personal advice be to a, to a client who is in the situation that Simmons is in right now in terms of improving his game? We don't know what only the agent and the player and the front office know what's been the substance of discussions. In other words, we don't know if, if Philadelphia said, you know, we really think your time has come to an end here. We think it's best for both parties to trade you. Um, if, if, if that's the case, again, I still think the best move for uh, the players, you know you're gonna play somewhere next season. So stay in shape. Make sure that you're ready. Uh, try and, and practice as, as best you can. Use the offseason for preparation and, and be ready. And what I would say publicly is nothing because uh, reality is if the teams told him they want to trade him and he knows that, um, then they're actively working on this situation. You can't just snap your fingers and have the ideal trade happen. It takes a lot of work behind the scenes to find with the complexity of salary cap and, and fitting a player within a unit and, and chemistry and the rest of it. And who's to say the next situation will be better? Um, so that's if you happen to know that they're willing to be traded. If they're not willing, um, at the end of the day, um, the best way to do that is quietly behind the scenes, try to persuade the front office that the, um, it'd be best for both parties 
and a trait can come out that can enhance the player as to the objections you brought up from a teammate. Um, human relations in sports is a very undervalued uh, concept. The fact is that there are very few players who at one point or another in their career don't get frustrated. You wish it would not be public, but the point is that's where a talented coach or a talented GM has a whole variety of relationship building and relationship solving strategies that they can put into effect. Remember, someone like Jerry West um, managed to keep Shaq and Kobe together on the team when obviously there was a certain clash of uh, egos and who would be the bigger star. So the but that doesn't have to end up with the player being traded. And people make comments all the time that they take back. Mr. Steinberg, when you've been in that situation in terms of having a client who's unhappy with his current team, what are the conversations like with the management, like the general manager and, and uh, you know the director of basketball operations like Daryl Morey is with, with the Sixers now? Are the conversations, and, and Ben Simmons is represented by Clutch Sports and, and Rich Paul and his team over there, but when you're looking at this, what are your conversations like? Are they contentious? Are they, are they usually friendly? Like, what, what is the, the mood usually when, you're, when your client is in that situation with, with a specific team? Rich Paul is as experienced and strong an agent as there is in the NBA, and I'm sure that he's doing a great job of representing his client, and I'm sure he's doing... Um, everything he can to, to, to work it out. So um, the discussions with the team, unless they've reached an alterable uh, breakdown, um, have to be collegial because at the end of the day, the only thing for sure, if you're representing a player on a team is you'll have another player on that team at some point. So the relationship has to stay uh, positive. These things happen. Everyone in sports are big boys and they're all uh, understand uh, that sometimes you've, you've got a case where a team gives up on a player and sometimes the player gives up on the team. So your first job is to go back to those values we talked about at the uh, start of this uh, discussion, which are, what's your priorities? Don't lose sight of what it is you're trying to do. And if the two parties are irreconcilably divided, then, then there'll be a, uh, the best solution is one that satisfies both sides. So if I'm an agent, I'm trying to think as the general manager thinks, trying to put my heart and mind into his heart and mind and see the world the way they see it and understand from their perspectives what the pressures are on them and, and what a decent result for the other side is. And again, you have someone with Rich Paul who's very skilled doing that, who's got dominant players throughout basketball, and uh, I'm sure they'll work it out. Final question for you, Mr. Steinberg. When, when you're looking at this in terms of Again, Ben Simmons, very young man, still not like he's, you know, he's in the twilight of his career, not, not even close to it. And then he's probably going to have another big contract, 
you know, once this one runs out four seasons from now, how do you think this is going to play out? Do you think that he'll be in like, in your personal opinion, do you think he'll be at training camp with the Sixers or do you think they'll get a deal worked out prior to then? Well, again, I don't have any uh, inside information and, and I have to trust that the uh, agent and the team are both working in uh, for best effect, but um, I would bet that a player in this circumstance would show up at training camp. There's still lots of time. Um, we're sitting mid-August and uh, it's going to be a while till training camps open up. So everything can change. Uh, a team can reassess their need. What you're looking for if you're trying to get a player traded is the best fit team-wise. What system does that NBA team play that is um, uh, best suited to the skills of someone like Simmons' game? Um, where will, does he fit in best? Where, what's a good showcase? What type of coach is there? Um, and what will that fit be like? So you're looking for the situation that gives him the best chance to be successful have his career resurrected and go on to uh, fame, fortune, and glory. I know I said last question, but now that you, you just mentioned that your, your answer there made me think of another one. Uh, there's rumors that the Sacramento Kings are interested in Ben Simmons would like to get, you know, try and get a, in on the action in terms of putting together a package for him, but not exactly a great organization. <laughs> missed the, missed the NBA playoffs for 15 years in a row. Uh, Sacramento, not a bad city. I'm not going to hate on it, but the organization hasn't been that great. Um, if a team like that is interested in Simmons and they do have a deal and the Sixers make that, is that something you might look at for your client? Like, that's not where I want him to go. And do, do you, would you have any leverage in that situation as an agent? He happens to have a no trade clause in his contract that uh, I believe if they trade him somewhere against his will or they trade him somewhere, unless he waives it, He's got a 15% surtax on his contract. And, um, and if, if he resurrects and makes the all-star team, I believe he gets 30% more. So that's a very unique clause, which was uh, well negotiated. And um, so that's there's leverage right there, which is that any trade, unless he waives that no trade clause, is going to end up costing Philadelphia a fortune. All right, Mr. Steinberg, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man, and, and thank you for hopping on and, and doing this with me. And I always appreciate talking to you and getting your insight on these matters. My pleasure. All right, that does it for this episode. Don't forget, before we wrap things up, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us again on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. That does it for this episode. I'll catch up with you all next time.